Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. I want to share this message with you uh, because I really, do, uh, I really do believe, like Austin said, and what the Lord had spoke through him, that God is doing a new thing. Um, I think many of us are feeling that, many of us are experiencing that, not just on Sunday mornings when we're coming together for worship, but even at home and during the week. I think we're sensing the presence of the Lord in a new way. We're experiencing uh, the power of the Holy Spirit in a new way. I think God is showing us some new things, and God is doing some new things in our life, and I love it. I love it. Isn't it great? Isn't it wonderful? I love when God wants to do something new. So um, I, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. But I also know uh, that any time that the Lord is moving and any time that the Lord is working, uh, that the enemy is going to fight harder uh, than ever uh, to discourage, to bring doubt and unbelief. Uh, to challenge our faith, uh, that there are going to be things that happen, events and circumstances that begin happening, that begin taking place, um, even in the natural, that are a result of the enemy's attempt uh, to steal, kill, and destroy, and to interrupt what God is doing. And so we have to understand uh, that as believers, as sons and daughters of God, uh, that we are a part not only of the family of God, we're royalty, as we sang this morning, that we're a part of the family of God, but we're also a part of the army of the Lord. And so we've been called in this hour and in this day uh, to understand that the weapons that we fight with are not carnal. So it's not, uh, it's not fighting as the, as the world understands fighting, uh, but really it's through prayer, uh, it's through fasting, it's through being obedient to what God has told us to do or what God is instructing us to do. Uh, but understanding that there is a war that is waging around us uh, between darkness and light, between the enemy and between the Lord. And, and Paul, Paul says it this way. Uh, he said, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of darkness. He talks about that in Ephesians chapter 6. And so it's very important for us to understand as the church and as believers that as we are in pursuit of the Lord, as we are seeking the Lord, as we are seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, as we're stepping out of faith and we're being obedient to what God has said, that the enemy is going to fight. And if you've walked with the Lord for any amount of time, you've probably experienced this before. Or even, not, not, even as a new believer, not very long after you've, you've experienced the love of God and the salvation of heaven and you've started following after the Lord, you start finding all of this opposition and you start finding all of this resistance and you start finding uh, all, of these, all of these challenges. And the reason for that is because the enemy does not want you and I to pursue the Lord. The enemy does not want you and I to pursue the righteousness of God. The enemy does not want you and I to press in to what God is saying, to press into what God is doing. I've got a message that I want to preach about, uh, that I want to preach about pressing through, and I just, the Holy Spirit won't let me get to it yet, but I, I just want to say this. If we don't ever press through, uh, we'll never experience the breakthrough that God has for us. If we won't press through, we won't experience the breakthrough that God has for us. God has a breakthrough for us, but oftentimes it requires pressing into what God has for us, and pressing in is not a comfortable experience. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Amen? Amen? It's, not, it's not a comfortable experience, but it's through that process that God breaks off 
the old patterns of this world and that God transforms us into who he's called us to be. So I want to, but I want to talk to you this morning uh, about, uh, about those, those attacks of the enemy and those attempts of the enemy uh, to, to steal, kill, and destroy, especially when we're in pursuit of what it is that God is doing and how God is working in our lives. And I really believe the Lord dropped this uh, on my heart through the word that Hope shared and what uh, God is speaking and what God is saying right now. So I want to go to Hebrews chapter 10 this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, and then we're going to go to Isaiah 59. So Hebrews chapter 10, Isaiah 59. If you've got your Bible, you can mark those two spots. We're going to start in Hebrews chapter 10. And then, um, or if you don't have your Bible, pull up your phone. Uh, I don't know if the guys will be able to get this on the screen or not for us this morning because it's not loaded in there. The Lord just just dropped this on my heart. But I want to share this word with you, and and then we're going to pray before we go out of this place. And I believe we're going to experience. Um, I believe we're going to experience uh, some some reassurance from the Lord uh, in this place today. God is our redeemer. God is our redeemer. Tell your neighbor he's our redeemer. God is our Redeemer. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 19, this is what the Word says. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Hey, can you do me a favor this morning? Will you stand with me when we read the Word together? Will you just, in honor of the, of the Lord and His Word and what He's speaking to our lives today, can we just uh, can we do that together? This is what it says, Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 19. Therefore, brothers and, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is His body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we professed, for he who promised is faithful. Tell your neighbor he's faithful. Tell your neighbor he's faithful. Amen. He who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 2 says, Bear one another burdens, and in doing so, fulfill the law of Christ. And then Isaiah, uh, Isaiah chapter 59, verse number 15, it says, Yea, true faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate, and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing, and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands he will repay recompense. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Listen, if you don't have that underlined and highlighted in your Bible, you need to underline it and highlight it uh, right now. When the, when, this, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him, and the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of my seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed, saith 
saith the Lord, from, there for, from henceforth and forever. God, I thank you for your word and the power of it. And I pray this morning that, Lord, you would quicken our hearts and our spirits, that, God, we would have ears to hear what your spirit is speaking to us, and that, God, we would walk in the freedom from the oppression of the enemy, Lord, knowing that you have raised up a standard against the enemy. God, I pray freedom in this place. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would move across this house and in the homes of every person that's joining us online today, that, God, there would be an outpouring and a move of your Holy Spirit, that, God, we would receive fresh revelation today, that our hearts would be encouraged today, that hope would be restored today, that, Lord, we would walk in the freedom and the joy of your glory and your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. So I want to talk to you this morning uh, about our Redeemer. God is our uh, Redeemer, and God is redeeming uh, the things that the enemy has stolen and the things that the enemy has used uh, to, uh, to ultimately try to, uh, to try to discourage the people of God from believing, like we talked about last week, and from living by faith as God has called us to. So what happens in our life when we believe in the Lord is we're walking in obedience. We talked about this a little bit Wednesday night. It was really cool how the Lord gave, gave us the word that he did for last Sunday, and it fell in line with where we were at in our study in John Bevere's book on the bait of Satan talking about offense. Hmm. How many of you have ever been offended? Amen? Amen? Yeah. How many of you have ever offended someone? Yeah, all of us have. So, Connor, I haven't, I promise. No, I promise you, in your best effort to not offend someone, you probably offended them because you were trying not to offend them. Uh, that's just how the world works. It's just we're people and we're weird, and that's just how it happens. But so, uh, so we've been talking about how we deal with offense. Jesus said it in Luke 17, 1, it's impossible that no offenses should come. Um, the enemy is going to do whatever he can to offend uh, to get us to, to take the bait of offense in our lives. And so we've been talking about that, but he was talking about believing, and he was talking about, uh, he was drawing the parallel between uh, believing in the Lord and disobedience. And the thing is, is that believe in the Greek actually means obedience. So when, when the Lord says, when the Word says that if you believe in Christ, if you believe in God, it's not just about having the faith that Jesus is who He says He is, but it's about walking in obedience to what He said. And Jesus further illustrates that when He says, if you love Me, you'll obey My commands. Uh, because what happens when you and I say yes to the love of God and the salvation that He's given us is when we believe, we're responding in obedience to what God said. It's not just that we believe that God can do anything, it's that we believe that He can do anything through us. And when we respond in obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit, we position ourselves to experience the supernatural things of God. So we're encountering those things. We're seeing those things. That's happening increasingly more in our services. It's happening increasingly more um, in your homes. It's happening increasingly more in our day-to-day -day lives and, and how the Holy Spirit is leading us and how God is speaking to us. So in the process of all of that, the enemy is also fighting because the enemy knows that if you believe, that if I believe that if we're obedient to do what God has told us to do, then the kingdom of darkness cannot stand. 
Because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, strongholds fall. At the name of Jesus, healing comes. At the name of Jesus, there is freedom and there is deliverance. At the name of Jesus, we watch as the provider and the protector and the redeemer of our souls begins to work and God begins to move and God begins to do what only he can. So the enemy knows that God is working and that God is moving and that you and I are responding to what God is saying and believing in obedience. So the enemy is fighting all the more to bring discouragement and doubt into our hearts and our lives so that we will not believe. Because if we do not believe, then we will not obey. And if we do not obey, we will not have faith. And if we do not have faith, we will not see the kingdom of God come. And so the enemy wants to do whatever he can to stir that within our hearts and within our lives. So the enemy fights as hard as he possibly can to continue to do that. And this is why the, this is why the, the, the apostles write in, in Hebrews chapter 10 in this passage of scripture uh, that I shared with us, the importance of persevering and the importance of us meeting together, the importance of us gathering together is so that we can encourage one another. It's so that in the challenges and the difficulties that we face and in the attempts of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy, that we can be reminded that we're not alone. You know, we talked about a couple weeks ago, the Lord had really put it on my heart that we all have these burdens that we're carrying and these burdens that are weighing heavy on our hearts. And here's the deal with burdens. Here's the deal with those things that God gives us. What the enemy wants to do through those burdens or the, through the things that he wants to convince us are our burdens is he wants us to become so consumed by them that instead of being together with the body of Christ, instead of being a part of what God is doing, the enemy wants to isolate us because it's easier for him to come against us if we're alone. Tell your neighbor, the enemy wants to isolate you. The enemy wants to isolate you. The enemy's attempt is always to isolate you, to get you away from the people that can help you. And here's the deal. The enemy doesn't have to do a whole lot because we're pretty good at naturally isolating ourselves when we're faced with problems and difficulties and challenges. Why? Because we have pride. Talked about it a couple weeks ago. Somebody asks you, how are you? And we respond, good. And we walk away and we're like, I am not good. I have got... I have got a million problems. I've got 15 different situations that I'm trying to deal with. I don't even know how I'm going to handle tomorrow. I don't even know how I'm going to deal with all of that stuff. And so what happens in that moment, especially as believers, especially as brothers and sisters in Christ, when, we're, when, when we allow pride or when we allow the things that are happening in our life and the burdens in our life to continue to pile up, what happens is we begin to isolate ourselves away from people in our attempt to try to figure out how to solve the problem rather than relying on the body of Christ, relying on the Holy Spirit, relying on the truth of God's Word to position us to overcome what it is that we're facing and what it is that we're going through. And the thing that I love about the Word that God shared through Hope this morning was that moment where the Lord had us pray for, and basically what that was was interceding for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are facing challenges and difficulties, who are walking through things right now that they physically can't be here, that they literally can't engage in what What's happening or what's taking place. And what happens in that moment when you and I begin to pray is we begin to bear one another's burdens. We begin to bear one another's burdens. So I talked, I talked about this last week. I talked about, or a couple weeks ago, I talked about the burdens that, that we have that we, that we deal with in our life. And I carried around these chairs. I don't know if I can carry around these chairs today or not. Somebody brought me a trailer load of firewood. Thanks, Brother Harold. And I unloaded it yesterday and I found out just how bad out of shape I was. And that's saying something, because Brother Harold's just a little bit older than me. <laughs> just a few years, right? And he can work circles around pretty much all of us that are here today. Um, 
It's just true. It's just the reality. So I'm going to get these tithing envelopes out of here. Thanks. So I talked about bearing these burdens that we have. And um, yeah, Lord, fill them up. So I talked about these, these burdens that we have and that we carry around in our life. And the more burdens that we have, the harder it is for us to carry them. The more challenging it is, the more difficult it is for us to carry these burdens. But the reality is, is that God didn't call you and I to carry the burdens that we have in our life alone. Not all burdens in our life are bad things. Some of them are great things. Many of them are wonderful blessings. God has blessed us with some things, so he's called us to be a steward of those things. But how we steward them comes from the teaching and the revelation of who Jesus is and how he speaks to our life. That's why Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come and learn from me. Lay down your burdens. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, I will give you rest for your souls. He says that because he wants to teach us of how we can steward the things that God has entrusted to us without becoming burnout and exhausted and ultimately isolated as a clear target for the enemy. Because as children of God, what God has called you and I to and what God has positioned you and I for is to be the light in the midst of darkness. But if we are carrying these burdens alone... It's impossible to be able to respond. It's impossible to be able to walk uh, with, the, with the, the freedom that God has called us to. And so many times we think that we have to face the battles and face the burdens that we're walking through on our own. God didn't call you to do this alone. God did not call you to do this alone. God has placed you in the family of God and the body of Christ to walk in the purpose and the freedom of what he's established and for you to know that no matter what you face and no matter what you go through, you're not alone. So what happens, what happens in our life is this moment where we realize that we can't bear these burdens on our own, that we, that we have to ask for help. Don't, don't you hate asking for help? Don't you hate it? Don't you hate it? You know, we always say, just ask. Just tell me if you need anything. You know, we tell everybody, tell, 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 tell me if you need help. I'll, I'll be there to help you. You know, and, and then we've got 15 problems, and we're trying to figure out how we're going to do it all on our own, and we don't call anybody. We don't call anybody. We tell everybody else, just call me. I, don't, I, I mean it. I mean what I say. I will come help you, you know. And then we've got all these problems, and on this big situation, this big mess that we're dealing with, we're out there trying to kill ourselves, trying to fix it. And all the while, God's going, I gave you a family. Not your, not, not your earthly family. I gave you a heavenly family. Someone who can come alongside you and pray with you. Someone who can come alongside you and encourage you. Someone who can come alongside you and help lift this burden, help lift this weight that will pray with you, that will declare the word of God with you, that will give you a perspective that you don't have because my perspective is these burdens. My perspective are these problems. My perspective are all of these things. But it's amazing what happens when I go, you know what? I need someone to come alongside me. I need someone to come along. I need somebody to help me. Tracy, will you come help me this morning? Austin, will you come help me this morning? I need help. I can't carry. I can't carry. The, thanks, man. Will you just hold that side? That other. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Will you come over here? This my right arm's really killing me today. I should have called you for the firewood. You're right. But you know the Lord. Just grab that other side. I'm glad he didn't, yeah. That's what he's saying under his breath. I'm glad my pastor didn't call me. My brother-in-law didn't bug me on Saturday. You were getting ready for Connect. You had students coming to your house, so yeah. So, so what happens is, you know, when Tracy comes and Austin comes alongside me, and they pick, these aren't so heavy anymore. You know, and I realized that, you know, this really isn't as bad as it looked. 
This, this isn't really as bad as it seems. Because what happens is when those who God has called to come alongside us to carry those burdens and to lift those weights, is we realize, you know what, I'm not alone in this. And I don't have to face this by myself. I don't have to face this, this difficulty and this challenge by myself. I, I know that God has placed people around me, that God has surrounded me with those who will walk with me through this and who will help me. Because what they may have is a perspective of saying, Connor, why are you carrying a church around? Why are you carrying a chair around in the middle of church? You don't need to be carrying this chair right now. You're supposed to be preaching. You're not supposed to be carrying this chair. You know, and that's, that's, you know, a funny perspective of it, you know. But the reality is, is that perspective will honestly, it's, it's a different perspective of what they see and what they know that helps me to realize that, you know what, I, I should be carrying this right now. I shouldn't even be carrying this weight. I shouldn't even be going through this. And so what happens is they can come alongside and they can help in prayer and they can help through encouragement in the Word of God take those burdens and lay them down at the feet of Jesus in prayer and, and help speak truth and revelation from the word of God in my life that, that helps me to realize that, you know what, I'm not called to walk in the heaviness and the burden and the weight of all of this, but in the freedom of what God has given me. You guys can just lay those right there. Thank you so much, Tracy. Thank you so much, Austin. Man, you can just set them down. That's all right. You don't have to put them back together right now. It's all right. That's all right. Okay. Put them back together. That's fine. You guys are great. Leaving it better than you found it. <laughs> Somebody put the chairs back together a couple weeks ago, thanks to whoever did that. But, you know, so, so what happens is, is, is people come alongside us and they give us a perspective, not just from their own point of view, but from the Lord. Because why? There are brothers and sisters in Christ. God has placed them to encourage us to come alongside us. So it's important for you and I to gather together because in doing so, we build relationships with one another and we begin to encourage one another in prayer. We begin to encourage one another in love. We begin to serve one another another, we begin to lift one another up, and we begin to bear one another's burdens. And so what happens is that is the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us. We don't always have to ask for help. Sometimes God will send it. Sometimes the Lord will send it. And when the Lord sends it, don't turn it away. Tell your neighbor, stop turning away. God's help. And God's help comes in all different forms. Listen, I, I preached about rest a couple weeks ago, and... Uh, I did. I, the Lord blessed us with, with some firewood through, through Brother Harold. I'm not trying to make a big deal about it, and he's probably going to get on to me later. But anyways, I'm impressed by this man. He's, he's an elder in the church, and he can split firewood better than I, any, anybody can. Way better than I can. <laughs> Most of you can slip, split firewood better than I can, but he really can. So anyways, he brought me this huge trailer load full of firewood, which is a huge blessing I love a fire, love to burn a good fire, and we were getting low, and he had a tree that was down, so he brought it, and he dropped it off at my house last Monday while we were gone at our appointment, and uh, he was planning on coming back and helping me stack it and do the whole bit, but I told, I kept telling Rihanna all week long, I kept saying, I got to get out there and get that cleaned up under there and get that stacked, so he's got his trailer back. I want to make sure he's got his trailer back, so the projects that he's got, because he's always doing projects, the Lord's always got him helping people and doing different things, so I wanted to make sure it was free. So all week long, you know, it's that thing that's on your list that you know you got to do, but you just don't have time, you know, you just can't get to it, and so Friday morning, I got up, and, and uh, Friday was supposed to be our day to rest, that's, that's the day that we had set uh, for us to rest, and I got up, and I said, I got to stack that firewood, and she said, you're doing that today? And I said, well, yeah, I need, I need to get out there and get it done. I need to get all that cleaned out and stack all that so that it's done. And, and my wife, listen, listen to your spouse. 
Listen, because sometimes it's the Holy Spirit speaking through them, even when you don't want to hear it. I'm not saying they're right all the time. But husbands, your wife usually is. So anyways, but she, uh, but she looked at me and she said, what, you know, I was drinking my coffee and I was kind of making my plan for the day of what I was going to do. And she said, are you resting today or are you resting tomorrow? And I said, well, I can't tomorrow. i got too much i got to do tomorrow. And I was like, but i got to get that done today. And she said, well, <laughs> you know, the preacher talked about rest <laughs> and the Word of God. So you're going to practice what you preach, basically, is what she was saying. So I said, okay. I was like, today's my rest day. I was like, I'm... I don't know how I'm going to get all that done tomorrow, but I'm going to rest. So we did. We rested. And, uh, and so I got up yesterday and did the things that I needed to do to be ready for today and, and got, out, <laughs> got out there and uh, started unstacking uh, that firewood, cleaned out underneath there the stuff that needed to be cleaned out, pulled the wood that needs to be burned first, and then started unloading that. And I was in that process, and, and I was praying, and I was talking to the Lord, and uh, and I had, uh, had a friend of ours that came uh, that pulled up and uh, pulled up that right as I was unstacking that firewood. And he got pulled up, got off his motorcycle, and he said, hey, he said, I you know, just felt like I was supposed to drive around and, and look at some of the yards that I cut and do these different things. And he was like, I, I just, I'm going to help you unstack all this firewood. And you know what I started to do? I started telling, man, you don't need to do that. This isn't your, this isn't your, you don't, this isn't your, this isn't your job. This isn't your chore today. You don't need, and he said, he said, don't, he said, this is what I'm supposed to do. He said, this is why the Lord, this is why the Lord sent me out. This is why I'm here. And we had the best time yesterday afternoon, unstacking that firewood, sharing what the Lord's been speaking in our hearts, sharing what God's been doing, sharing with those wonderful things. And guess what? That whole project was done. And in and, and, and a short amount of time, shorter than it could have been if I was doing it on my own. And because, because I honored what the Lord said and was obedient, because I believed and was obedient to do what God said, the Lord sent help. But I, I share that story for two reasons. One, the testimony of what happens when we trust the Lord and we're obedient to do what he says. But two, to understand that in that whole process and that whole time, do you know what my, my, myself wanted to say? You, just go. Just go. You don't need to do this. This is a lot of work. You don't need to put forth this effort. This isn't your problem. This isn't your thing. But as a brother in Christ, as a believer, he stood alongside me and helped me take care of something. And I'm telling you, church, is the very thing that God has called you and I to do for one another. When we serve one another in love, when we come alongside one another and we bear those burdens, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about just firewood, and I'm not talking about just projects that we have around our homes. Yes, those too. But I'm talking about those things that weigh on our heart emotionally, that weigh on our mind, those things that physically burden us. What happens when you and I come alongside one another and we encourage one another is that we are reminded, one, one, I am not alone. Two, it is my God who redeems and fulfills his word, his plan, and his promises. And that every time the enemy tries to come in like a flood, every time the enemy tries to come in with all of the different things to overwhelm me, to overtake me, to do all of these things, just as the word says, the Lord raises up a standard. God raises up a standard. God raises up a standard. Some of you need to be reminded today, some of us in this room, some that are joining us online today, we need to be reminded today that when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard. And what happens when God raises up a standard is he literally begins to repel or expel or cause the enemy to flee in that moment. Because if we believe and we trust in who God is and what he has said, God takes note, God takes account of what is taking place 
and the Lord redeems. So God sees and God raises up a standard. God raises up a standard. God literally surrounds us, hedging us in, protecting us to begin to respond to what it is that the enemy has done. So today, there are some of us that are in this room and some that are joining online, and you have felt like the enemy has come in like a flood. You know what I'm talking about. It's been one thing after the next, all of these unexpected, all of these huge things. Why? It's because you are believing and therefore being obedient and responding by faith to the things that God has said. So the enemy is challenging you and the enemy is fighting you because he knows as you continue to respond in obedience to what God has said and continue to pursue and to seek the righteousness of God above all else, what's going to happen? You're going to begin to see freedom. You're going to begin to see strongholds break. You're going to begin to see things happen in your family. You're going to begin to see things happen in this church. You're going to begin to see things happen in this city. You're going to begin seeing God do these different things. And the more that you and I see that, the more that you and I experience that, the more our faith grows, the more our faith and our belief and our trust in the Lord increases and the harder it becomes for the enemy to come against us. Why? Because even in the pit, even in the prison, even when we're surrounded, even when we're overwhelmed, even when we see no way out, even when they've said this is their plans for our future to cut us off completely like they did with, uh, like they did with Esther, in those moments what happens in our life is we begin to realize that you know what? There's not a threat from man. <laughs> there's not a tactic from man. There's not, a, there's not a situation or a circumstance that I can face that can keep me from the love of God, from the plan of God, and from the purpose of God in my life. And what happens when you and I worship the Lord in the midst of it all is that the Lord begins to raise up a standard, and the Lord begins to surround us, and the Lord begins to redeem, and the Lord begins to renew, and God begins to work, and God begins to move, and we begin watching the strongholds of the enemy flee. We begin watching the strongholds of the enemy break. We begin watching God move in a way that changes and transforms our life forever because we realize that we are a part of the body of Christ, that we are a part of the church of the living God. And I love that we read this in, in Isaiah 59. And we, and we read this where the Lord, where it says, you know, he puts on the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and all these things. And I love that Paul goes on to say uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, put on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God. Put on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. Take up the sword of the Spirit and the belt of truth. Take up the shield of faith. Put on the shoes of the gospel of, of heaven, the gospel of peace that God has come to establish in our lives. Why? Because the enemy's going to fight. It's no surprise that the enemy fights. It's no surprise that the enemy's attacked. No, none of us should be surprised when the enemy attacks. Tell your neighbor, don't be surprised. Tell your neighbor, don't be surprised. I'm not surprised when the enemy attacks. I'm not surprised when the enemy comes in like a flood. You know why? Because he wants to do whatever he can to drown you and I from the truth and the life of what God has come to establish. But I'm thankful that in every situation and every circumstance that he is my Savior and that he is my Redeemer. That he's the one who steps in in the middle of the chaos and the uncertainty and he begins to surround me. And like David said, that he begins to prepare a table before me. And that even in the midst of the chaos and even in the midst of the uncertainty, I have this peace that surprises 
surpasses understanding. And I have this joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. And I have this hope and this confidence in knowing that my God is faithful to fulfill his word and his promise. That his word never fails. That his promises are everlasting. That he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he's the one who called his children out of slavery in Egypt into the freedom and the promised land of what he has established. If he's the one who met Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the midst of the fire and, and not only kept them, but also sent them out with a testimony free from every attack. If he's the one who opened up the prison doors for Paul and Silas when they began to worship and they began to sing praises to him in spite of their circumstance and in spite of their situations, then friends, I'm here to tell you today in 2022, we serve a God who will step into the middle of the bad report that you've gotten from the doctor of the financial challenges and difficulties that you face, of the trials that are facing your marriage and your children, of the difficulties and the setbacks that you're facing in your job, and the craziness and the chaos of what's happening in our world, what's happening in this nation, what's happening in our even our own city, and all of those things. I can fix my eyes on all of the problems and the flood that's coming in around me, or I can realize I serve a God who is. I serve a God who was. I serve a God who forevermore will be the one who raises up a standard and reminds me that I am not alone, but that he has surrounded me not only with his presence, not only with his Holy Spirit, but with brothers and sisters in Christ who will intercede with me, who will pray with me, who will carry the burdens that I face with me, who will walk beside me, and who will believe that our God is who he says he is, and that he'll do what he said he would do. Why? Because he's a redeemer. There may have been some things that I've lost and there may have been some setbacks and some difficulties that I've been through. But one thing I can promise you is that my God is faithful and that his word and his promises never fail. That he will do what he said he would do. That he is coming back and that he is calling his church to rise up in this hour and this moment and to be the light that he's called us to be. I believe in the redeemer of our souls. I believe in the redeemer of our lives and that God is working and that God is moving, that God is raising up a standard in our lives. So what do I do? I worship. (laughs) What do I do? I pray. What do I do? I praise. What do I do? I encourage. I turn to my brothers and sisters who God has laid on my heart, and I let them know you are not alone in the midst of this fight, and you are not alone in the midst of this battle, but God sees and God knows. Here's what the Word of God says. Here's what I'm praying over you today. Here's what I'm believing God is doing and how God is working in your life in this moment. God is raising up a standard. And friends, I'm here to tell you, no matter where you are, no matter what you're up against today, God is moving and God is working on your behalf. He is our redeemer. He is raising up a standard. Our God is faithful. So we hold on unswervingly to the hope that we profess because he is faithful to fulfill his promise in his word. We have faith in who our God is and what he has declared and what he has said. Know today that you are not alone. Know today that the flood of the enemy that has tried to surround your heart and that has tried to surround your soul is the enemy's attempt to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. But God has the final word and God has the final say. And he will raise up a standard in your life.